All right, hello everybody. Hello everybody on social media. Hey, we're uh, we're here on uh, Sunday morning at Summit Church, and we're conducting a uh, uh, series on Jesus's healing crusade. Jesus's healing crusade. You know, I've been to some uh, healing crusades held by various ministers over the years, and I've often wondered what it would be like to have been in Jesus's crusades as he went around healing the multitudes and healing individuals, you know, one at a time. And so we can't be there 2,000 years ago, but we have the next best thing to actually being there. We have the Holy Bible that we can go into and be right there with Jesus as he, as he helped people with the power of God. And as we continue today, I'm trusting that uh, your faith will be built, that God's healing power will flow, and many will be healed, both in this sanctuary and over social media, YouTube, and so forth. I'll teach the Bible. The power of God will flow. And it's up to you to receive that power to affect a healing and a cure in your body. And I'm convinced if you'll follow along with us, as you have been over the last many weeks, uh, if you'll continue to follow along with us, stay hooked in. We're going to be on this for quite some time. But I sense that some people are going to be healed of some things that have plagued them for a long time. So, uh, so let's just stick with the Word of God, and I, I trust that will be the case. Now, our main verse is Acts 10.38, Acts 10.38, which says how God, you know, God the Father, anointed Jesus of Nazareth. That's the, the Son of God. But remember, Jesus didn't operate in the earth as God. He operated as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says... How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Remember, he was 100% God, but he didn't operate as God. He operated as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Remember, we've been talking about that power, the power of the Holy Ghost. That's Greek word dunamis. We get our uh, English word dynamite, spiritual dynamite. And God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed uh, by the devil, for God was with him. And so, you know, that's what Jesus did. He went around uh, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. The devil's the bad one. Jesus is the good one. And uh, he went around healing all who were oppressed by the devil with that power. He took that power and set people free, for God was with him. Now, I do want to look at Luke, the sixth chapter. Just by way of review, just want to review these couple of verses. Uh, in, in Luke 6, verses 17 through 19, notice we've already looked at this in a previous session, but I want to go through it again. And he, Jesus, came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples, with, with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. Now, now, the reason I wanted to read this verse is to review with you. Notice they came. What did they come first to do? They came first to what? To hear him, to hear him and be healed of their diseases. See, a lot of folks never receive anything from the Lord because they don't come to hear. They just come to get the, to tap that power. And, uh, and you need to realize if you want to tap the healing power of God, you have to first be willing to come and hear the word of God. And they came to hear the Lord. They came to hear him preach and teach. Because remember, Jesus went about, remember what he went about doing, teaching, preaching, and healing. So two-thirds of his ministry, I guess you could say, was, was the verbal, the teaching and the preaching. 
and, uh, uh, and so you need to remember that because a lot of folks just want to come and, you know, they don't want to listen to hear the word of God. I've had them come in here over the many, many years. They don't want to sit really and tolerate the word of God week after week after week. They just want to come in. You know, now I'm talking about days long gone by where they'd come in. They just want, you know, us to lay me to lay hands on them, you know. And, uh, and and get zapped with the power of God, and then just go back out living their their daily life. But it, it doesn't work that way. You need to come and, and sit under the Word and listen and uh, uh, and hear the Word of God and put the Word of God first place. Come and do what these people did. They came to hear Jesus and be healed of their diseases. So you come to hear the Word of God first, and then the healing power of God will flow. And you tap into that. Remember how the woman with the issue of blood tapped into that last week, you know, with the with her faith, you see. And it's our faith that taps into the healing power of God. What is faith? It's believing the word of God from our heart, selling out to it. And uh, it's our faith that draws the power of God. It's the power of God that heals us, but it's our faith that draws the power of God that, that taps into that power. And people came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. And in verse 18, as well as those who were tormented, notice, with unclean spirits. Notice, those tormented with unclean spirits. Those tormented with unclean spirits. That's demonic, demonic spirits. Remember, there's one devil, uh, but there's, there's many, 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 many demons, you know. And, uh, and, and demons, the devil and demons, will, will oftentimes, among other things, will cause sickness and disease in people's bodies. And one thing I've learned in the healing ministry over the last 25, well, really 30 plus years is that, and I've already taught you this, but it bears repetition. If there is a demon involved in somebody's sickness, you won't be able to get them free and healed of the sickness until the demonic power is dealt with. Now, most of the people I've dealt with over the years that I've prayed for, there wasn't a demon involved. Now, all sickness and diseases of the devil, but there wasn't a demon directly involved. It was just sickness that hit their body, you know. And because of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, you know, it, it, sickness, you know, our bodies are in a fallen state. And, and so the, the vast majority, I'd say, say better than 90, 95% of the people I've dealt with in healing over the many, many, many years, there wasn't a demon directly behind it. It was, uh, it was just that their body was sick and they needed the healing power of God to flow into their bodies to affect the healing and a cure. But... Uh, there have been a few cases, some cases over the years, where uh, there was a demon involved. And if there is a demon involved, you can't get the person, you will not be able to get the person healed unless the demon's dealt with first. So whenever I, I pray for somebody, the way I, I operate with the Lord is I always assume there's not a demon there unless he shows me through the discerning of spirits, you know, and or the word of knowledge. But notice, people came to hear Jesus. And be healed, and uh, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. You know, uh, demonic uh, spirits can cause people to be crazy. You, you understand that. And, uh, and, and all sorts of tormenting things. Uh, uh, now, here in the United States, we really don't probably see the demonic possession like you see in foreign lands where they don't have as much light of the Word of God. But, uh, but nonetheless... Uh, de demon spirits can cause people, if somebody's totally possessed, taken over spirit, soul, and body, they can be totally crazy, nuts, and, and, and unbelievable. And uh, uh, again, we don't probably see the, those kinds of things here in the United States as you might see in other lands where uh, uh, they don't have as much light of the Word of God. But nonetheless, Jesus went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil, 
And right here it says that not only did he heal people of diseases, but he also set people free of those that were tormented with unclean spirits and healed them. And then in verse 19, and the whole multitude sought to touch him. Notice the whole multitude sought to touch him. Why? Why? For what? Power. That's dynamite power. Power went out from him, out from Jesus, and healed them all. See, that's what uh, we're interested in here, is we're interested in, in tapping into the power of God. And Jesus went about anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, uh, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So power went out from him, and he healed them all. Now, having said some things here about demonic power, let's go to Luke, the 8th chapter, and the 26th verse. Luke, the 8th chapter, and the 26th verse. I want to talk to you today about the maniac of Gadara. The maniac of Gadara. You, you, has anybody ever heard of the maniac of Gadara? So we'll, we'll look at this. Now, this man was demon-possessed. He, he, his spirit, soul, and body. And there wasn't just one demon in him. There were, there were uh, multitudes of demons. Many, 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 many. You could argue maybe uh, as many as up to 2,000 of them were, were in him. And uh, it is a terrible situation. But uh, it, we're going to read Luke's account and Mark's account. Luke's account and Mark's account. Of the maniac of Gadara. Now we're not going to read all of Luke's. Just some of Luke. And then we'll read Mark's account. Now Matthew's account. We'll not turn over there. You can certainly go read it on your own time. It's interesting. In Matthew's account. It, Matthew notes that there were two demon possessed. Two demon possessed. Whereas Luke and Mark only mention one. And uh, so I, I, I suppose as we would look at that. We could conclude that there were two of them. There were two men that were demon possessed. But Luke and Mark center in on the one that got delivered. Center in on the, center in on the one that got delivered, okay? So there's no contradictions in the Bible whatsoever. Uh, there were two of them, according to Matthew. But Luke and Mark center in on the one that got delivered. So let's look at, look at Luke uh, 8, verse 26. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. This is Luke 8, 26, now verse 27. And when he stepped out on the land, when Jesus stepped out on the land... There met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time and wore, not watches, wore no clothes, wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs, in the tombs. Now you think about that. Think about that. Wore no clothes. He didn't live in a house, but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, What am I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. Now, one thing uh, that, that I want to bring out, when you go around with Jesus as he passed through, you know, the, the different towns and the places where he ministered, you can see this as you study and we'll look at it more as we go. Um, you know, people that were demon-possessed and, and were uh, had, had demon power, uh, in them and so forth and so on when Jesus would walk by they'd cry out they'd cry out we know who you are we know who you are you're the son of the most high God do not torment us I mean that would freak you out right there going around with Jesus and having people crying out as he walked down the streets you know wouldn't that freak you out that <laughs> freak me out that'd be something interesting to see uh, nonetheless but he said what am I to do with you Jesus son of the most high God I beg you do not torment me Verse 29, for he had commanded, notice what Jesus had done before this guy had ever said this. He had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often, now watch this, it had often seized him, seized the man, 
And he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. And he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Now you think about that. Bound, they had to bind him with chains and shackles. He was crazy. He was demon possessed. And now I want to say this. Again, I said it before, I want to say it again. You know, I, I can honestly say I've never dealt with a situation where somebody, where I had to minister to somebody that was fully demon possessed. The closest I came was when I went to that mental institution that I told you about a couple weeks ago, last week, whenever it was. But I didn't have to minister to that lady, to that person. I'd say that's about as close as I've ever come. But you need to realize this, that, that the devil will oppress people and, and not, not necessarily possess people. See, when someone's possessed, they're taking over spirit, soul, and body. But, but uh, many, 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 many times that's not the case where somebody's totally demon-possessed. But, but oftentimes, people are just oppressed. Remember, Jesus went about healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. And what does that mean? That means the devil maybe has hit your body with sickness and disease. You see what I'm saying? Or maybe there is a demon there that's causing the uh, sickness and disease. Remember that woman with the spirit of infirmity who was bent over? Remember that? We'll talk about that as we go. We haven't got there to talk about her yet. But there was a spirit of infirmity that she that had bound her. And remember, Jesus set her free from that spirit. And then she was able to, to stand up and so forth and so on. But, uh, but what I'm trying to get at here is when you think about demons and possessing people and all that, there is demon possession, certainly, certainly. But, but most folks aren't demon possessed, fully taken over spirit, soul, and body. But rather they're, they're, they're afflicted, if you will, or oppressed where the devil has hit their body or, or their mind. Typically it's, it, it, it's either body or, or a lot of times it's in the mind. It's, it's, it's in the mind. You need to realize that. Now let me make it clear right now that a Christian, a Christian cannot be demon possessed. But a Christian can be demon oppressed. You see, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of your spirit. The devil can't get in there. You need to understand that. And, and, and so you can't have a Christian that's demon possessed because the Holy Ghost is in that Christian spirit. But I've watched this and I've seen multitudes over the years as, I, as I've studied and, and so forth. And, 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 as I, and as I've dealt with folk over the years where I've seen the devil oppress Christians' minds and, and oppress their minds and even uh, uh, get in their minds. So that, that Christian's not demon possessed, but demon oppressed. Remember that girl that I told you about that, that was delivered here, right here in this sanctuary of that, uh, uh, of anorexia or nervosa. Remember that? Well, see that, that there was a demon power there. It was a lying spirit. It, 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 it wasn't in her spirit. It was, it, it was, it was afflicting her mind. And you see, once we got that thing out of her mind, then she healed from that very hour. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Yes. You see what I'm saying? But uh, so you need to understand that because I don't want you to think that, you know, that, that somebody is either fully, totally crazy, nuts, you know, you know what I'm talking about, where you put, have, put them in a straitjacket. It's either that or nothing. You, you know, there, there are some cases like that, but, uh, but for the most part, particularly, and certainly sinners are right, but, but Christians a lot of times are afflicted by the devil in their, in their bodies and, and very oft times in their minds, in their minds. And so you need to realize that. 
But notice this guy here was kept under guard. Now he's fully demon possessed, bound with chains and shackles. And notice this is superhuman strength. Do you see the superhuman strength there? Do you see that superhuman strength? He broke the bonds. He broke those chains. This, this man here, this maniac broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Now I know when I was in that mental institution that I, no, I wasn't in there myself. I was in, I was in there visiting somebody. I was in there visiting somebody. But remember, I, I won't go through the story again, but that lady that, that came down that hall, she was throwing those arteries, those bad, I mean, big, four big guys. She was tossing them around just like, like a tornado would toss around a, uh, a big semi-truck, you know. I mean, just, just, just like they were nothing. Just So the devil, when somebody's demon-possessed, you can see superhuman strength. Now notice Mark, the fifth chapter, in the first verse. Let's look here, the fifth chapter of Mark, in the first verse. Then they came to the other, now we're going to read the same account, only this is Mark's account. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he'd come out of the boat, Jesus came out of the boat. Immediately there met him out of the tombs, see out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains. Well, we read before they bound him, but they couldn't keep him bound. He'd break the chains. And uh, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. No one could tame him. But thank God Jesus is on the scene. Amen. Amen. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out. You think about that. Crying out and cutting himself with stones. Have you ever heard of people cutting themselves? Now, very oft times when people cut themselves, I think demon demonic power is involved. Now, it may not be all the time. There certainly may be some instances where uh, people cut themselves where the devil may not be involved. I need to say this. When you're dealing with people's minds, whether they're sinners or Christians, when you're dealing with people's minds, you need to realize this. There are chemical things that need to run properly in a person's mind. Are, 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 you know, have you ever heard of somebody being depressed? Oppressed, depressed. Uh, I know as a young boy, I, 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 I dealt some with depression. And uh, there was no demons involved. It just, uh, it just, uh, well, with mine, it was more of a circumstantial thing than it was anything else. You know, if you get hit with a bad circumstance, that'll depress you, won't it? Won't it? Yeah. So circumstances can cause depression, bad circumstances. But chemical imbalances can also cause depression, so forth. And then demonic power can cause it. And uh, uh, just because somebody's depressed or dealing with depression doesn't mean there's demonic power involved. It, it, it could well be there's a chemical imbalance there. Right? right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I operate the way I do with the Lord. And I learned through experience that just because somebody is depressed or they're acting strange doesn't mean there's a demon involved. It could, I, I'm thinking of one lady right now who started acting just, 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 just crazy. I'm talking years ago here in this church, years back, years back. Nobody remember who I'm talking about. 
And uh, I was younger then, and this is how I learned a lot of this stuff. A lot of times, you, you can't really go to a textbook and learn this. You've got to learn by studying the Bible and experience. But I initially thought it was demonic, but it wasn't. She'd, she, she, she'd been diagnosed as bipolar. She stopped taking her medicine for whatever reason. And you get off that medicine and get that medicine out of whack, she was acting crazy. And right away, a lot of people said, well, it's demonic, it's demonic. And I was even thinking it was demonic for a while. But come to find out, it was just she got off of her medicine. It wasn't a demon at all. Sometimes there are demons that, that, uh, 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 that, 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 that can get involved. We'll just leave it at that. So that's why I work the way I do with the Lord. I assume it's not demonic unless he reveals to me by the discerning of spirits and word of knowledge that I know what it is. Actually more than the discerning of spirits. And then you deal with the devil, see, in the name of Jesus. But now when somebody's cutting themselves, typically, I would say, I shouldn't say typically, but, but very often I, I'm convinced that the demon's behind it. Don't you read that in your Bible right here? This guy's cutting himself. But I wouldn't say that every time or, or as a hard and fast rule that when folks are cutting themselves that, that the devil's behind it. Well, I mean, certainly the cutting yourself is, 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 is something that the devil would be behind. Is that right? Yes. But what I'm trying to say is just because somebody's cutting themselves, you don't want to say, well, the devil's... You, you understand what I'm saying? It could be other things going on there. We need to be compassionate and, and, and don't just say, well, somebody's cutting themselves, you know, so it's, they're demon possessed. That's what I'm trying to, to, trying to say that we shouldn't do, right? We shouldn't make that conclusion. There could be other things going on there, but there could be demonic power. Are you okay? Are you all right? Are you or aren't you? Yes. All right. Now, so this guy's cutting himself and crying out, cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, now watch this. He ran and worshipped him. He ran and worshipped him. Now, now, wait a minute here. He ran and worshipped him. Now, this guy here is demon-possessed. Yet, we see him worshipping him. Now, why is that? Well, I can just give you my opinion on it. Remember I told you Matthew mentioned two demon-possessed? Uh, but then I said, Luke and Mark just deal with the guy that got delivered. I'm convinced. Now, I, I can't prove it. You can't disprove it. I, I don't know, but I'm just, in my, I'm just speculating. It's possible the other one didn't want to get delivered. <coughs> I've learned this. If, 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 if somebody's tampering with the devil and they don't want to be free of the devil, you can't get them free. Did you understand what I just said? Yes or no? Yes. It's just like, uh, remember when Jesus said to that one person, do you want to be made well? Remember? Mm -hmm. I think it was at the pool of Bethesda. We'll, we'll get to it. Remember where, the, where, where all those people were, those porches of all those multitudes of people? He only healed that one guy. But before he, remember he said there the water apparently got trouble, uh, troubled by an angel and so forth. We'll talk about all that as we go down in weeks ahead. And before he stepped in, you know, he said another takes, jumps in before me. How many remembers that? First one in the water to be healed, you know. And he said, sir, I have no, well, Jesus, he said, sir, I have no man to put me in the water, you know, when it's troubled. 
Apparently an angel went down trouble that you know, we'll talk about that as we go, but but here's the point. Jesus asked him, Do you want to be made well? You know what I've learned in the healing ministry? Uh, not everybody wants to be made well. Not every what do you mean by that? Not everybody wants to be made well. Not everybody's willing to do what it takes to get healed and stay healed. I'm thinking of one lady right now that attended this church many, many, many years ago. She's in heaven now. Nobody would know who I'm talking about, I don't think. But uh, I I I I I I couldn't, I can't heal anybody anyway, but I, I couldn't take the power of God and get this woman healed. Couldn't do it. And, uh, and, and, and along, over many years, I finally, I could see that she didn't want to be made well. You know why? Because the, the ailments that she had in her body drew attention to herself. She'd come into the church, and the first thing she said before she even got past, past the second door out, the set of doors out there, she was always talking about how, how this ailment, that ailment, this sickness, that, and the other. And you know what people would do? They'd flock around her and pat her on the head. Now, how many of you know we ought to be compassionate to people? We should, and we should pat people on the head and love them. But, but, but I tell you what, she had some ailments. I mean, some things wrong with her that we could have gotten her free of, but couldn't because that it drew attention to her, and she liked everybody coddling her and and babying her. And and, and did, did you get what I just said? It was a, it was a, a it was an unbelievable revelation to me, and I've seen it in other issues, not just with her, but other people, not just with her over the many years. That some people that they just don't want. It's hard to it's hard to fathom, but they just don't want to be made well. Then a lot of times, I feel impressed to say this right here. We're talking about the healing ministry. Uh, you can do all the spiritual stuff, but if you're not doing the natural, physical stuff, you're going to have trouble staying healed and walking in health. I'll use myself as, as an example. I, you know, I was, you know, 60 pounds, 65 pounds overweight six years ago. And the Spirit of God had been dealing with me for years and years and years and years and years. Uh, to get that weight off, get that weight off, get that weight off. He, I'm talking about me now. And I never listened to him, never listened to him, never listened to him. And he was, the Spirit of God kept saying, when you get in your mid-50s, you're going to have you're going to have health problems. You're going to have health problems, health problems. I could sense that I was going to probably die before I got, got, got up to 60. Never did nothing, never did nothing. Well, just pray and believe in the power of God. Well, I do believe in the power of God, but there's a natural side to it, too. And the last time he ever spoke to me about it was when I turned 50. The Spirit of God said to me with tears in his eyes, and that's what got me right there, tears in his eyes. He said, this is the last time I'm going to talk to you about it. And he said, tears in his eyes, if you will. It touched my heart so I changed from that day, day to this. See, I didn't need anybody to pray for me for the power of God to go through me. I needed to get my diet and exercise under control. Can you say amen? amen. We need to understand there's a physical side to things, a natural side, not just the power of God. We need them both, you see. But notice this guy ran and worshipped him. What, what's going on here? Apparently this man... Had enough, demon possessed as he was, he had enough cognizance about himself that he wanted to be made free. He wanted to be set free. And so he came and worshipped Jesus. Doesn't that seem unusual for a demon possessed person to come and worship Jesus? Mm -hmm. 
See, there was enough of this man. This man, as demon-possessed as he was, I want to say it again, there was enough cognizance about him that he wanted to be set free. And perhaps the other one, the other demonic man, didn't. That's just speculation. Now, notice verse 7. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he had said to him, Jesus had said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Uh, then he asked him, What is your name? And he said, My name is Legion, for we are many. Now, I'm not going to go in, and I could, but I'm not going to go in and talk about much about demons here. But this in this situation, when there's more than one demon, when there's more than one, uh, 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 there's usually one that's called, known as the strong man, if you will, that, that, that is in charge of the other ones. And this man, apparently, uh, that's what we had here. There was one unclean spirit that was, that was controlling the others. And they were all in this guy. Can you, can you imagine that? My goodness gracious. And uh, what's your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. See, that's the devil talking through this guy. He also begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now, you think about that, that he would not send him out of the country. Did you know there's demon powers that set themselves up over different uh, 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 areas, different regions, different counties, different states? Did, did you realize that? They're really all. They're really, really, really all. And uh, uh, I'll tell you this right now from experience. There's this Jefferson County, St. Louis County line just right up the road here. As a young boy, I didn't know what it was then. But whenever I'd cross that line, I, there was something different. Something different. There's something different when I cross that line. It's just, it's just a few hundred yards up the road here. As a young boy, I grew up in this area. When I crossed that line, there was something different over there. And then when I crossed back, something different over here. Different atmosphere, different, different, different demonic powers over there than what's over here in St. Louis County. Did you know that politicians a lot of times can allow demonic powers, whether knowingly or unknowingly, to operate through them? Did you know that? Do you ever wonder why when politicians with such good and right motives go to Washington, D.C., they don't carry out the things that, that you thought that they would? They get, they get, I'll tell you the reason, at least one of the reasons, they get to Washington, D.C., there's principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, uh, and, and so forth and so on, principalities, powers, uh, uh, rulers of the darkness of this world, wicked spirits in high places, you know, that, that set themselves up over, that have set themselves up over Washington, D.C., those politicians get up there and they're dealing with things they know not of, and those, that, and you see people change. Have you ever seen people go to Washington and change? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And there's people in Washington, Republicans and Democrats, that, that, that most of them unknowingly, some of them knowingly, allow the devil to, to work through them. You need to understand that. It's not just true in Washington, it's true in different counties. You can read the Old Testament and see it. And it's just the truth. And so they said, uh, he begged them earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. They didn't want to get sent out of the country. They liked that place where they were. And uh, Luke's account says that they didn't want to get sent into the, uh, into the deep or into the abyss, the lowest part of hell. They didn't want to get sent there either. Well, I wouldn't want to get sent there either, would you? Now, a large herd of swine, verse 11, was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, see, there's many demons, but there's one that's, that's controlling these others. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission and the unclean spirits went out of the man and entered the swine. There was about 2,000 swine. 
And, herd, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. See, even the, the swine didn't want the devils in it. And you see suicide in there, don't you? I mean, the devils ran down. Or the, the devils went into the swine, swine ran down and went into the sea and drowned. Very often times when people, I wouldn't say all the time, but oftentimes when people are contemplating suicide, the devil's behind it. And verse 14, so those who fed the swine fled and they told it in the city and the country. They went out to see what, was, what had happened. Verse 15, then they came to Jesus. They saw the one, watch this. They saw the one who had been demon possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. Isn't, can you say amen to that? Praise yeah. God. In his right mind, see? And they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon possessed and about the swine. Then they begged, uh, then, then they began to plead with him to depart out of their region. I mean, these people were shook up. They knew about this demon possessed man. Why would you want Jesus to flee or go? I want to keep him there. How about you? And he got into the boat. Now watch this. He, now when Jesus got into the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. That's what you do when you get delivered, when you get healed, when you get set free. You want to stay with Jesus. Amen. I've seen many people over the years, even some come in here, they've even gotten healed. But then they, 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 they want to go back and do their own thing. They don't keep their healing very long. However, watch this. Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Now, we think of this man as the maniac of Gadara, but why don't we think of him as the evangelist of Decapolis? Amen. See, Jesus will take a demon-possessed person and turn him into an evangelist. Mm -hmm. yes. He'll take a harlot and make him holy. Amen. You understand that? Yes. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, it is. Now, we see that in Jesus' ministry, but look at Acts, the 19th chapter, and the 11th verse. We see it in the uh, ministry of the Apostle Paul. It just fits in right here, so I want to go take a look at it. Acts 19, verse 11. How, now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them, and evil spirits went out of them. Then some of not, so, so we praise God for that. And, 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 you know, we've got some wonderful testimonies over the years from when we've, we've released the power of God into, into handkerchiefs. And I'll get to those in time as we go on down the road with this series. But notice in verse 13, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exercise you. By the Jesus whom Paul preaches. See, they didn't know Jesus for themselves. There's a group of guys here. We're, we're going to cast out demons just like Paul. And so they called over this. Uh, notice again, verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Saying, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. They didn't know Jesus for themselves. They weren't born again. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirits answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? See, they weren't born again. Uh, if you're born again, the devil knows who you are. Demons know who you are. You need to realize that. They knew who Jesus was. They knew who Paul was because Paul was part of Jesus. He was part of the body of Christ. 
Then the man, verse 16, and now watch this. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Do you see that superhuman strength there that a demon-possessed person can have? And then verse 17, this became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on, all, on them all, and the name of the Lord, was, uh, Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who, had, now, many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and a total 50,000 pieces of silver. Think about that. I'll tell you right now, if you've got tarot cards, burn them babies. If you've got a Ouija board, burn that thing. Get that out of your house. Get rid of that stuff. Can you say amen? amen. And, the, and so, so you see, uh, as a result here, there was a great a revival in Ephesus. And uh, many people got saved and so on and so forth. And then verse 20 said, the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. So we rejoice over that. But you see, uh, Jesus dealt with, the Lord dealt with a demon-possessed individual. You see the apostle Paul and, uh, and what went on there in Ephesus. But now what I, I what, what, and actually you remember in the Old Testament, whenever ever you talk about these things, you need to realize there's the fake and there's the real. There's the fake and there's the real. Uh, you know as well as I do, and I don't think it's on so much anymore, but back when I was growing up, uh, uh, they'd have on television, you could call in and talk to a psychic. Yeah. But don't do that, by the way. You start dabbling around with Ouija boards, you start dabbling around with tarot cards, you start dabbling around with psychics, you start dabbling around with that stuff, you're, you're, you're very likely, more likely, you're very likely to get demonic activity operating in your life. You need to realize that. You need to understand that. But there's the fake and there's the real. Now those psychics on television that remember uh, one preacher called it 1-800-Dial-A-Demon. <laughs> I like what he called it. Because you call up to talk to the psychic, you might as well just realize you're calling to talk to the devil. Uh, you need to realize that. Now, I don't think that goes on anymore that I'm aware of, but it, but it could. But don't fool with those things. And uh, remember, though, in the Old Testament, King Saul. Remember when uh, God wasn't talking to him anymore and he wanted to contact the supernatural? Remember he said, find me a witch. And then he said this. He said, find me a real one. I want a real one. See, there's the fake and there's the real, you see. And remember, he wound up at the witch of Endor. Remember that? And, uh, and so on and so forth. So there's the real. And, uh, and, and there's the fake. Uh, and I forgot to mention. I neglected to mention. I wanted to mention it. Uh, so I'll mention it here. Remember the Apostle Paul? Remember when he cast a demon out of a fortune teller? A young girl. Remember that? And, 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 and the, the, the people that conducted that girl. That oversaw that girl. Remember they got angry. You can read this in the book of Acts. They got angry. Because their means of, of getting money was taken from them. Because that demon had left that girl and she couldn't tell people's fortunes accurately anymore. You need to realize that. And so these things are very, very, very real. And you see it in the Old Testament. You see it in the ministry of Jesus. You see it in the apostles' ministry. And then uh, also, uh, have you ever heard of Lester Summerall? Has anybody ever heard of Lester Summerall? He was a good minister of yesteryear. And uh, he, he, he ministered in the Philippines and other places. And he dealt a lot with demonic power. In fact, he, I mean, the devil was afraid of that man. Now, I didn't follow him that closely, but, but the devil was afraid of Lester Summerall. Actually, not afraid of Lester, but afraid of the Jesus that Lester served. 
And I tell you what, Lester Summerall, people would bring people, when he'd be in the States, folks would bring people from all over the country to his, uh, to his meetings for, them to, uh, for him to cast the devil, uh, the devil out of them, you know. And, uh, but I'm thinking of one story now when, when Lester was over in the Philippines, and it's a documented story. You can go to YouTube and find it. But over uh, in, the Phil in the Philippines, you know, there was a, a, a girl over there that the devil was biting her. The devil was biting her. And, and she had bite wounds all over her body, you know. And they took her to the, to the physicians, and they couldn't help her. They didn't know what was going on. Long story short, Lester Summerall came along. He cast the devil out of her, and the devil left her. She was delivered, and a great revival hit the Philippines. Glory to God. Now, have you ever heard of that story, The Exorcist? Have you ever heard of that? Uh, uh, you know, that was a movie. Uh, actually, there was a novel came out in 1971, and then there was a movie uh, in, in 1973. Now, let me tell you, whatever you do, don't watch that movie. Amen. Don't watch it. Don't have anything to do with it. And by the way, while we're on the subject, don't watch horror movies. Amen. Stay away from horror movies. Amen. Don't watch those things. Don't let those things in your house. Don't watch horror movies. Don't watch those things. Do not watch. Don't watch vampire movies. Don't watch. Just don't watch those things. Uh, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street or... or uh, 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 I don't know, there's, there's a variety of them that, I, that I've heard of, but don't watch those things. But whatever you do, don't watch The Exorcist. My goodness, I get down on my hands and knees and beg you, don't watch that thing. You watch that thing, you're liable to get a devil in you, I'll tell you right now. But it was based on a true story. And, uh, of course, in the movie, there was a young girl, Linda Blair, I think was her name. She played, the, uh, uh, I think it was a 14-year-old girl, 12, 13, 14-year-old girl that was demon-possessed and all of that. And, uh, but what a lot of people don't know, that was based on a true story. It actually was a young boy, not a girl, but a boy, about 14 years old, that was in uh, uh, Maryland. And, and there was all kinds of demonic stuff going on and strange things. And his family didn't know what to do with it and so on and so forth. And uh, uh, as I had studied the story, apparently something came up on his body. However it happened, I don't know, but Lewis, it said Lewis, L-O-U-I-S. So the family moved to St. Louis, and they, they apparently had a family member in, in the St. Louis area, so they came and moved into the St. Louis area or came, came to their relative's house, and the more bizarre things, bizarre things began to happen. Now, now uh, when you watch that movie, The Exorcist, now I've never watched it, I won't watch it, but I've heard about it. Now, now I, I think in that movie, more bizarre things happened in that movie than what actually happened in real life. But it was based, that movie was based on a true story, and that family, uh, that boy came to St. Louis, and, and they sought medical help, the medical people couldn't help them, and so, so they wound up at uh, St. Louis University, you know, with, with the, the, the priests and whatnot, and, it, and that boy finally wound up in Election, election Brothers Hospital. Election Brothers Hospital. And so the, 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 the priest got in on it when the boy was in the house, but then they moved him to the hospital, it went on for a period of years, if I understand it correctly, and uh, uh, bizarre stuff going on, like 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 this claw claw scratches on the boy's arm would 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 come up, you know, 
And uh, just for no reason and other things, he, he took a, a spring from the bed and tried to cut or cut the priests, one of the priests somehow or another. Just all kinds of bizarre, crazy, crazy stuff. But, uh, but they did uh, get him delivered and so on and so forth. And, uh, but, but that's where you get that exorcist movie from. So why did I share that? Just to let you know these things are real. Now, I've never dealt with anything quite like that. But I'll close with two things that I have dealt with. Uh, uh, I remember we had a, uh, someone who attended the church many years ago. Uh, this person had bought a house. And uh, uh, it was a house that they were going to rent out. And the person came to me and said, Pastor Terry, can you help us? They came up after a service and said, Pastor Terry, can you help us? And I said, well, uh, tell me what the situation is. And they said, we bought a house. And uh, uh, we've rented it out. And their tenants... Uh, uh, report to us that in the night there's, there's rapping, rapping on the, on the, uh, just rapping on the, on the walls, just, just so, to the point they can't even sleep so loud, just rapping on the walls. Then they've checked into it, they've investigated it, they've done everything they know. He said, I've been over, I've looked at it, we can't figure out the rapping on the walls. Can you do anything? I said, well, I said, uh, uh, he attended the church. I didn't attend regular, but came periodically. I said, well, I can't help you unless you give me authority to do so. He said, well, he said, I, it's my house. I give you the authority to do so. So I just stood up here, didn't feel anything, didn't feel goosebumps, nothing like that. I just said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we bind that demonic power that's causing the rapid noises. And you know what? He came back. And he, he uh, testified that those rapping, rapping noises stopped immediately. Can you say amen? Yeah. See, these, these, these things are real. Now I'll close with one that happened to me at uh, the former house we used to live in. Now you need to listen to this. I think this is pretty, pretty interesting. We, uh, Diane and I had lived in High Ridge and we bought a house uh, here in, uh, uh, over here in St. Louis County. And uh, we maneuvered the sale of the house. We went too fast on it. We didn't pray as we should. It was a situation I won't go into, but uh, we went a little quicker than we should have and, and, uh, and didn't check things out like we should, like we would now. You know, you learn by experience, you know. And so, uh, uh, so, so we bought the house and uh, we wanted to move into a certain school district. And uh, we're trying to get over here in the Rockwood School District. So we and, and the house was uh, uh, advertised as being in the Rockwood School District, you know. So we just took the people at their words, and, and it seemed like it was in the Rockwood School District. So we, we bought the house. And uh, so anyway, uh, we were in the process of the people that lived there had moved out. And uh, I was, Diane and I, we'd been there and we checked it out. But, but the night before we moved in, I was there. Diane wasn't with me. And I was there. And uh, all I could tell you was nighttime, and the hair on the back of my neck stood on end. And I could just know, and I didn't know then what I know now about the Lord and these things, but I could tell you there was demonic, there was something demonic in that house. And it scared, so were you scared, Pastor Terry? Yes. But now we've already bought it. Everything's closed. You know, we're moving in the next day. What are you going to do? <laughs> well, I got Diane over there with me the next day. I left there, got out of there that night. And we took authority over whatever that was and bound it up in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
And uh, now then for 14 years we lived there approximately and, and, and never since that again. You can bind the devil in the name of Jesus, which we did. Now about, I don't know, about two weeks to a month after we moved in there, give or take, uh, the uh, come to find out that that house was not, it was not advertised properly. It was not in the uh, Rockwood School District. And, and uh, the real estate agent, now I knew this guy, I was on Little League with him as a kid and uh, attended school with him for a while. He's still in business and a good real estate agent. He messed up on that one though. But be that as it may, we're still, still friends. But, uh, 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 but he also told me this. He said, he said, you know, I've been going back through this title search. And he said, not only is, of course, your house is not, it was, it was one door away from the Rockwood School District. So, but, but then he said this. He said, uh, the person that, the farmer that owned this house, I'm sorry, the farmer that owned this land, the farmer that owned this land back years ago, listen to this, owned this land years ago, said uh, had, had a young child that died. And uh, the title search shows that that child's body was buried on this lot. Now, I'm thinking, well, is his body still <laughs> buried out in my yard somewhere? Well, apparently when they built the subdivision, the body, you know, this was back like in the, in the, in, in the early 1900s. Uh, I, I, apparently the, the body had probably been decayed or whatnot, but, but there was no concern of that. But, but one thing I will tell you, I found the headstone. I found the grapes. I found the headstone. It was on the property. It was buried down under the grass. I went out and looked all over the property and I found it. It was a white headstone. It was a, it was a little boy that had his dates when he was born and when he died. I don't know, he's probably eight, nine years old, somewhere in there. But for 14 years, nothing, nothing bothered. And so then in the process of time, we, we were gonna move to where we live now, so we sold the house. Now, uh, I didn't put down on the disclosure form that I had the hair stand up on the back of my neck because I think a real estate agent is probably not going to want to put that down. And, but it didn't bother us 14 years. But now we moved out and we had some people in there that cleaned for us. And the, but the last night, I was the last one out of that house. Diane wasn't with me. And guess what? It was nighttime just like it was 14 years earlier. And guess what? Right? The night we'd already sold it. We're, this was the last night. And the hair is standing up on the back of my neck. That thing's back. So I got out of there. Now you say, well, so what? So the hair is standing up on the back of your neck. Well, let me finish the story. About three or four months later, I get a call from that real estate agent. Because we use the same one that, that we bought. We use the same one to sell it. And he says, Terry, he, says, he, and he was shaking. He said, Terry, I've got to talk to you. I said, all right. He said, I, he said, I never thought in a million years I'd ever be making a telephone call like this. He said, I even feel, feel crazy for making it. But he said, I do know you're a minister, so you probably won't freak out too much. But he said, I cannot believe I'm making this telephone call. I said, well, go ahead and tell me what it is. He said, well, these new people bought the house and they've been living in there now for several months. And they said, they said strange things are going on in that house. Strange things. 
said things are being moved around. Things are not where they put them, then they're moved in there, and they put stuff, they know it's there, but then it's been moved, and lights are going on and off. Said, did you ever have any problems when you were there? I told him about the hair stand on the back of my neck. He said, well, these people really don't know what to do. And then he said this, he said, they've made contact with whatever it is. And, 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 I, and I said, I said, say what? He said they made contact with it, and they said it's a young child. He said, no, I don't know much more about it than that. And I said, Well, I don't want to know any more about it than that. Now, I I sought the Lord about it. You realize when a person dies, whether they're saved or not, their spirit doesn't stay here on the earth. If you're born again, you go to heaven. If you're lost, don't know Jesus, you go to hell. But there are familiar spirits. And all I can tell you is that was a familiar, because I sought the Lord about it, it was a familiar spirit. That somehow or another had attached itself to that young person. You ever wonder how fortune tellers can tell people you know, like their loved ones and tell, tell them things about their loved ones and this, that, and the other. And you go into like a seance or whatever, you know, I've never been to one, don't go to one, but they'll tell you different things, you know, uh, very accurately. There's the real, there's the fake, but the real ones can tell you accurately. And Uncle George is here, or Uncle Paul is here, or Aunt Sally's here. No, their spirits, when they're saved, they went to heaven. If they're lost, they went to hell. But Demonic spirits, known as familiar spirits, you can become familiar with those people and they can operate after those people have died. They can operate through mediums, witches, warlocks, and so on and so forth. And so that is what was going on over there. And that's the last I ever heard of. But thank God, well, these things are real. But thank God we have authority in the name of the Lord Jesus. And it couldn't operate while we were there. Now that's what you need to take out of the story. It couldn't operate while we were there. And not because we're special. It's because we understand the authority of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now I don't know whether I scared you or not. I don't know. Uh, I didn't mean to scare you. But uh, this is interesting, isn't it? And a lot of this stuff never gets talked about. But it should because it's in the Bible. Now, you can overemphasize it, and we don't around here, but it's been a long time since I've ever talked about these kinds of things. But these things are real, and you, you know, you, one of the worst things that can happen is if there is a demonic thing going on, and you go to people that don't understand, uh, you'll not get any help, and oftentimes makes the situation worse. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it makes me, makes me think of the cowardly lion on... Uh, on the Wizard of Oz. How many remembers that? When the cowardly lion went into the haunted forest. Remember that? And, and all that weird stuff is going on in there, you know? And, and, and I don't know how I've affected you here today. Maybe you didn't even think about these kinds of things. But I remember the cowardly lion. You remember when he was in there in that haunted forest and all this stuff's going on? He said, I do believe in spooks. I do, I do, I do believe in spooks. How many remembers that? I do believe in And the wicked witch is watching, you remember, through a crystal ball. And she says, you're going to believe in a whole lot more than that by the time I get through. How many remembers that? Yes. I tell you what, I got to thinking about that. 
And remember that wicked witch of the West who is worse than the wicked witch of the East? Remember the wicked witch of the West? Well, let's talk about the wicked witch of the East. She had a house dropped on her. I like it when witches get houses dropped on them. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Glory to God. You serve Jesus, you can start dropping houses on the witches of the East. Praise God. Amen. And then think about the wicked witch of the West, how she, how she came to an end. Dorothy threw water on her, and the water melted her. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the Word of God. You can take the Word of God, hit the wicked witch of the West with the Word of God, and melt her and melt the devil. Can you say amen? Glory amen. to God. Hallelujah. Thank God forevermore. We serve a God that's greater than the devil, that's yeah. greater than demons. Praise God. The yeah. Bible says that when Jesus was raised from the dead, he spoiled principalities and powers. He brought them to naught. He dethroned them. He made a show of them openly. Glory to God. He took the keys of hell and of death away Amen. from the devil. He came out of the tomb on resurrection morning. He said, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. And then he took that authority and he turned to his disciples. And he said, now, he said, I give you this authority. You go in my name, in the name of Jesus. And you lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And you cast out the devil, cast out demons. Glory to God. If we know who we are in Jesus Christ, first of all, if we're born again and washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we know who we are in Christ, praise God, we can take the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we can go into the, into the world and we can cast the devil out. Praise God. We don't have to be afraid of the devil. Glory to God. We can submit ourselves to God. We can resist the devil and he'll flee. And if the devil, I tell you what, I don't go around looking for the devil, but he will rear his ugly head on occasion. And when he does, praise God, we meet him with a submitted heart, a heart submitted to the word of God. And we say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the head of the church, you come out, you leave, you go. Glory to God. And I tell you what, we I, I gave you a story right here today where we took the name of Jesus and we kept the demon bound for 14 years. Glory to God. Can you say amen? And in that story, the exorcist, you know, I think there's one part in there somebody told me about it where that demonic, that possessed girl was throwing the priests out the window. But I tell you what, if you know who you are in Jesus Christ, we can turn that thing around and the devil doesn't throw us out the window. Bless God. We take the name of Jesus and we throw the devil out the window. Glory Amen. to God. We drop a house on him. Praise God. Amen. We throw the water of the word on him and melt him. Glory to God. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I preach myself plumb happy. Glory Amen. to God. Stand with me if you would. If you're out there on social media and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to invite you to receive Him right now into your heart. Just with a repentant heart. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. The Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you're out there today and demonic power is bothering you, I take a, if you'll submit yourself to this teaching, I take authority over it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command the devil to stop harassing you. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, it's been an honor to have you with us on social media. Praise God. And we'll sign off for now from social media. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.